What tabletop RPGer doesn't love dice? I do, and I'm sure you do too. So if you are looking to begin a dice collection, or let's be honest, add to yours, check out Dice Envy. Go through the link in our show notes, and you will be able to find many, many sets of beautiful dice of all different kinds and sizes. When you use the link in our show notes to go to the Dice Envy site, not only will you be able to shop their entire collection and catalog of various dice sets, but you will also help support this show because a small portion comes our way, which we will then immediately roll back into making this show better for you. So check them out, diceenvy.com, or better still, go to them through the link in our show notes. Hey stackers, do you feel like your games are bland and lacking in atmosphere? Well, fear not, because if you go to BattleBards.com, you can access a whole host of sound effects and background music that can really spice up your games. BattleBards.com offers a Prime subscription, and if you use our stack code, S-T-A-C-K, you can get a 20% discount on this subscription. If you are a Prime member, you have access to a soundboard and editing tools, and the ability to stream sounds. This can be useful for adding like a dragon's roar to a final boss encounter or maybe some ambient tavern music for when your players are at the local inn taking a rest. Check it out at BattleBards.com. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Bardalon. Previously on Stack of Dice. He glares at you, and then a devious look crosses over his face, and then he grins malevolently in your direction. All right, um, I am going to fly to the densest area. I don't know that Tiara is there, or Tiara. Tiara. (laughs) Tiara is there. I've cut down how many people now? Like a dozen people, and I don't feel like I'm any closer to finding this guy. He doesn't seem to be in here. I see what you're saying. You're really trying to find that Right, so maybe what I do is I decided to cast Detect Thoughts and see if anybody, like the guy near me, maybe he will know which direction the bad guy's in. The leader of the enemy army holds up a handful of something and just lets it sift out of his hand, and then he blows in your direction, and you begin to feel an uncomfortably warm feeling. And as you look down, your armor is turning red and no, then white. The leader looks impressed at your control of the elements, and he holds forth a gauntleted fist, and the storm cloud above him begins to twist, Mm-mm. forming a cylinder. A bolt of lightning flashes down from the cloud directly onto you. I'm going to guiding bolt. So as, as I'm charging forward, I'm finger guns out, uh, <laughs> you know, lining up. The moment I see that happening, my thought process is, okay, something powerful is happening over there. I'm going to head in that direction, so I'm going to yell out Tira to get her attention. And then I'm going to spend seven Psy points, and I am going to take on giant form. Tira, <laughs> climb on my back. <laughs> right? Peter, it is back to you and me. The leader hurls himself at you. He is bearing a wicked-looking glaive. Do you see the leader? Yes. 
go faster. He takes his glaive and just like slices upward with it and the vines just part and fall away. And he pulls out a dagger that has a very wicked looking black tip on it. As it hits, I'm gonna say, give me back my hammer. The leader is struck squarely by the lightning as is Peter. But instead of screaming in pain, he's going into a frenzy. He's going, I come Reaver. And with trembling, your hands are actually shaking, but you're pressing your star stone against his chest and his hand is on it. Now the leader is on the ground. He's laughing up into the rain. And so that blood pounding in my ear is my first thing. I'm going to stride over there, stand over him, and just two-fifths that thing trying to cleave into his chest, I guess. Tira, he's not moving. I'll be right there, Bash. One more Bash. And what I'm going to do is, uh, with my last bits of strength, I'm going to unclasp my green book, which has been uh, strapped to my side. Keep this. Tira. My cloak. I'm going to unclasp my cloak of protection around me. And the star stone, Rice Kostoch, is revealed. You start to reach for it. When it shakes free of Peter's hand, it begins to rise in the air, standing on end. It floats about four feet up, hovering there as the sound of peaceful chimes ring faintly from it. You're wondering just what to make of it when it suddenly darts forward. The stone weaves through the gathered crowd of soldiers far distant coming at last to a figure that looks quite surprised to see a gleaming, flying turquoise stone that begins to circle the figure. Here it is, season three. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> what do you think? You excited? Yeah. Yeah. You ready? Ish. Yeah. It's, uh, it feels like it's been a long, short summer break. I don't know. It's been weird. Yeah, well... The ending of the season really got kind of dragged yeah, out. Yeah, we, we definitely delayed it for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, with with the break, it seems like it the break itself was long, but it's never long enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really hate doing this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, because, you know, I have to think through story and other things, trying to keep it all in mind so that when we move on with the new season, things are kind of a continuation instead of a... a, a, a <laughs> mm-hmm. So anyway, here we are. We are excited to be here. I'm excited to be here. I'm ready to get going with this. And so let's roll right into it. Stackers, returning stackers, uh, we thank you for joining us. And you will know by now that you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at stackodice. And we have an email address, stack.o.dice at gmail.com. If you're new to this show, if you're just joining us now, we sure are glad to have you. We hope you enjoy the story. We also hope you'll go back and listen to previous episodes because there's a lot of fun and adventure that has happened in the last two years, and a lot of, I think, great story that's been brought to life by our players. Before we roll into our episode, have a couple of reviews that came in over the summer break. Meredith, why don't you hit us with our first one? All right. This one comes from Nova the Novian. It is a five-star review called Just Like Reading a Book. And Nova the Novian says... This narration is just like reading or listening to a fantasy book. So that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, and I think, um, I think that's a testament to the story we're telling. I, I think, you know, based on the way we cut it and release the episodes and just the interactions, 
I like to think that we are building rich characters in a meaningful world with a, with a really good story. So thank you for being a part of that. And thank you, Nova, for the review. We appreciate it. We have another one, Michael. We have another one from Drake Edigi, uh, a five-star rating. Uh, awesome storytelling. I recently finished the second season of this podcast, and it has been phenomenal. All of the episodes were extremely entertaining. I really enjoyed seeing Wamberbash, Peter, and Tira grow as their story has progressed. The world building also has been very inspiring for me in some of my own writing. I can't wait for season three. Keep up the great work. That, that's really neat. Uh, I mean, the fact that somebody is feeling inspired by the story we're telling, that's, that's really powerful. Thank you, Drake, for sharing that with us. And we hope that you will share some of your story with us. We'd love to know what you're up to and what kinds of things you are creating. So with that, I think we're ready to go. Stackers, thank you so much for joining us around the table as we continue our ongoing 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure. I'm Rhett, the DM, and with me is... Meredith as Tira Ironstag. Michael as Wamberbash Bensonmum. Who's ready to tell a story? Me! Me! The distant sounds of battle ring dully in your ears. They sound as though they are miles away. As Shumash leader of this army of the Reaver falls with a splash into the mud and blood of the field. His contorted face is pale, and his open eyes roll upward. The flashing lightning flickers across the roiling clouds above, and the rain becomes heavier. The cry of a horn rings through the clamor of battle, and you barely register that the enemy cavalry is streaming away eastward, leaving the main body of the enemy army to fend for itself even as the horse-born warriors fight for their lives when the Watani cavalry comes thundering after. In moments, the scene of havoc has mostly ended, although in the occasional light of the flashing lightning you can see where the writhing wounded at the site of the infantry battle look for aid from the victorious Watani. Here and there, groups of the warriors of the plains move, helping comrades away from the carnage, arranging the dead, or finishing the crawling enemy. There is a terrible efficiency to this last work, and after some time the only sound remaining is the constant swish of rain in the tall grass. Tira and Bash, you are kneeling in the trampled grass. Nearby is Porkmeat II, son of the Lord of the Horses. He has fallen to his side, his legs rigid, and an acrid smell emanating from a thick smoke rising from his smoldering body. Your attention is fixed on Peter, however, and his last words hang in the air. Bash, your fingers curl about the slick leather of the green book he pressed into your hands. You have noticed Peter's starstone rise and dart away in the direction of the infantry battle. What would you like to do? Tyr is looking down at Peter with the cloak that he handed over, just sort of draped over her two hands. The axe is kind of lying in the mud. I would say, I would think near Shumash, because he was who I was swinging at and just kind of dropped it and whatnot. I may have noticed out of the corner of my eye the star stone fly off. I haven't really turned my head, though. I'm just looking down at Peter, and without turning or doing... Uh, anything else I'm done I'm done Bash 
I'm gripping the book and just staring at it. I don't want to look at Peter. I don't want to see him like that. And um, I didn't even pay attention to the Star Stone as it... I saw it dart off, but it it doesn't matter to me right now. Um, I'm sort of frozen. I'm not really sure what to do at this point. Bash, did you hear me? Bash! What? It's over. I'm done. What do you mean? Peter is gone. We can't go on without Peter. No, I'm sure something can be done. Peter's come back before. We just have to take him somewhere. He Take him where? I don't know. Make me, maybe we'll take him back to that place where he died the first time. That was miles away. I'll oh, take him. What good is that going to do? I'll take him. I'll take him. You do that. I'm done. I'm so done with this. We can't go on without Peter. Actually, I'm going to um, put the book, put it in my mouth, I guess, for right now. And I'm actually going to pick up Peter's body and, um, and carry him, you know, like this or whatever. Okay, he is very heavy. So he's wearing his full armor. He is a dead weight, not to be amusing. And it's wet. Everything is wet. So he is soaked. Uh, you're going to need, what, what's your strength? My strength is 14. Okay. You can lift one half of his body easily with that strength without needing to roll, but you're definitely going to need assistance. I'm going to spend two side points and have a feat of strength. Okay. The familiar sensation of your muscles just filling with that magically enhanced strength washes over you and you scoop under and get underneath his legs and now you've got him. You're panting a little bit. One moment. An odd sickening sensation comes over you briefly, but it passes. And you're standing there, you feel your boots or your, your, the soles of your feet sinking deeper into the mud. And you sway for just the moment, and now you're holding Peter. Um, where, uh, how far are we away from where we began at the camp? Or in the Watani, were we in the Watani village, essentially? Or? No, you were out in the plains. Okay, okay. Uh, the camp where you spent the night just before the battle... Let's say it's uh, maybe a third of a mile away. Okay. I'm going to head that way. Uh, uh, let's go, Tira. We, we can't stay here. Ash, what are you doing? I'm taking him back to the camp. What good is that going to do? You think they're going to have some magic healing like Peter used to do? I don't know. They're what, not we like We can't that. stay here. We can't stay here. Let's go. I'm just going to I'm gonna traipse off. All right. And I'm like trudging after him. And uh, Bash, this is pointless. I don't answer. I don't respond. Roll me a perception check, Tira. Uh, 16 total. As Bash starts to trudge through the mud, and he's struggling with each step, an image catches at your mind. Looking back at Shumash's still body, you see your father's hammer. I want to go home, Bash. Bash continues. Her words are lost in the rain. And you are walking, carrying Peter's body. I'm not following you. And I go back and grab up the hammer and my axe. Okay. All right. Bash, you are going to make your way across the field 
to your right. You're, you're angling away from where the main infantry battle took place in the direction of the camp. Off to the right, you can see people moving around, like I described earlier. Tira, you're still standing there. You're maybe a, a double arm's length away from the black-clad body of Shumash on the ground. And from behind you, you hear... Tira. I just sort of stiffen. Are you all right? Do I recognize the voice? You do. It's the voice of Radiance. She rests her hand on your shoulder. What do you think? Are you wounded? No, I'm not wounded. Where is Peter? Where is Wombervesh? Where is Peter? Peter's dead. No. No. What difference does it make to you? No. He was a... He was a servant of... of a god. Yeah, well, that didn't mean a whole lot today. No. He had such promise. He had such... Tira has still not turned to face her. Her shoulders are just getting more and more rigid as she stands there. Arms are starting to shake with how tightly she's clenching the hammer in one hand and the axe in the other. You have picked up your father's hammer? Yeah, I had, okay. him, I had okay. the hammer in one and the, and the uh, axe in the other. There's a long silence. And then a deep sigh. She comes around you to stand in front of you, and she's obviously looking down at you. And she's put her other hand on your other shoulder, and she... You can see that she's already crying. Her eyes are red. Obviously, the rain is making it difficult to see the tears, but her eyes are red. She shakes her head. I, I know exactly how you feel right now. Tira's going to throw her hands off of her shoulders and back up, and she's going to raise both the hammer and the axe. And with her teeth, you don't know a thing! She steps back twice, and her second step hits a patch of mud, and she, she actually sits down in the mud with a splash. Her, her shining armor is just splattered now, and she's sitting there, and she puts her head down on her knees, and she, you can see her shoulders shaking. Tira's arms droop down, and the hammer and the axe just kind of fall at her side into the mud beneath her. And she sort of tries to take one step forward toward Radiance, and then just falls on her knees into shaking sobs. Now that you have let down your guard a little bit, you can see that one of her pauldrons has been ripped off in the fighting. It's a sh the shoulder cap that goes here to protect the shoulder. Her chainmail that is underneath the plate, the breastplate, has been shredded by blades, and there's blood... She has cuts on her face. She's obviously been in the thick of the fighting. After a moment, you can see that she seems to calm down a little bit. And now you can hear words mumbled under her breath. And it sounds like she might be praying. And at one point in the prayer, she actually struggles. So now she's on one knee and she has taken her blade out and shoved it down into the mud. And she is leaning on it with her forehead on the pommel. And when she is done, she raises her head and a shadow seems to pass from her face. She stands up and she grits her teeth and she looks at you with those clear blue eyes. There will be a price to pay for what has happened here today. Peter was a brother in spirit 
I cannot let this go unavenged. I do not know where your path will take you now, but I think my path is clear. I will follow the sun, and I will make this right. I would hate to think that his life was given in vain. He gave himself for a people he didn't even know. I wish I could have that strength on my own. From his example, I think I will grow greatly. When she says that, Tira's sobs don't come to a, a rapid stop, but they, they end pretty, pretty abruptly. And her eyes just kind of fly open and uh, realizes that she, she needs to do the same thing. She needs to take Peter's example and not quit. Radiance has wiped the blade of her sword on her sky blue cape and slid it back into the sheath. There's a satisfying clack as the blade slides into place. Her shoulders straighten, and in spite of her injuries and the damage to her armor, she seems to stand taller than before, and she turns and begins walking in the direction of the camp. All right. Well, then, without really kind of thinking about what I'm doing, just reach out one hand each for the hammer and the axe, and do that kind of getting to your feet without using your hands thing. Mm-hmm, You're just mm-hmm. knee up, feet, you know. Kind of not really walking with Radiance, but just sort of in her wake. Okay. Bash, you are approaching the outskirts of the camp. The tents are sodden. Here and there, maybe a rope has pulled free from the muddy ground. As you get closer, warriors begin to recognize who you are and what you're carrying. And they immediately begin to crowd around you and hands reach in to try and help carry part of the load. I'm looking for a tent so I can get it in out of the rain and get Peter's body in out of the rain. So do I find one that's available to... Yes. Okay, so I'm going to go in there and I'm going to set Peter down. I'm going to arrange him to where he is flat and straight. Uh, There's straw that's been laid down on the floor of the tent and so when you set him down there's this gentle puff of that straw smell i'm going to take him and i am going to cross his arms over his chest and i'm going to put the green book on top of him for now and i'm going to turn to someone watch him for me i'll be back i'm going to head out back because i need to get my clothes my panabas and everything else that i left (laughs) when i grew big so i'm gonna but when i exit though and it's obviously you said a third of a mile Mm -hmm. i need to get some emotion out so I am just going to just take off running and run as fast as I can for as long as I can which you know I'm not going to expel any side points there's no there's no extra to this it's just I'm going to try to exhaust myself so I can get out any uh, restlessness I have in my heart right now for losing Peter because Wamberbash still has hope he's still clinging to that Peter's going to come back somehow like he did the first time so I'm going to head on out and try to get my, my stuff Okay. You head back out into the rain, and for the first time in a long time, the feeling of water cascading down you isn't a nuisance. It doesn't make you feel dirty or or yucky. It feels like it's washing away the pain and the sorrow that you're feeling. And as your feet splash down in the mud, uh, you feel a slight tickling sensation, but you're running through. The lightning has seems to have pushed on to the west of where you are. So a lot of that 
the fury of the storm seems to have abated, but the rain is still falling steadily. And as you're running, that mud is just splashing up. Basically, your whole lower half is just speckled with mud. As you get closer to where the battle took place, which direction are you running? You, you would be running to where the battle happened, because yes. that's yep. where you said you're close. Exactly, yeah. Uh, you, uh, as you get closer to where the bodies are starting to be piled on the ground, you slow down a little bit, but you're still moving at very quick speed for that kind of footing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're dodging around people and soldiers, the Witani that recognize you are, are stepping back out of respect and they see your haste and they're not sure what's going on. Mm-hmm. You get to where your clothes lie in a sodden puddle on the ground. Yeah, I'm, uh, so I'm going to take um, what's left. My tunic, so to speak, uh, ripped. So I'm going to take it on and I'm going to find some leather straps or whatever and just like tie it around my waist just so i'm (laughs) i'm covered at this point um my mantle i am going to put on and i'm going to grab my pack and my panabas and everything else and just uh i'm not running this time and i'm just going to head back and i want i want um some alone time on the way there i'm not going to be quick about it i'm going to take a time to get back to the tent where peter is as you're Pulling on your your garments, your gear again, your eye is drawn to the airship which is hovering in the sky. Uh, its underside is scored where arrows have been shot in its direction. There are black shafts that have been buried into the wood of the hull, uh, but otherwise it seems to be in very good shape. You do see a couple heads peering over the railing down in your direction. Where? So what is the exact state of pork meat? Fried? At this point? When you left, yeah, there was smoke billowing out. It looked like a couple of... It looked like a lot of the exterior metal had been slagged by the electricity coursing through it. Does it seem like any of pork meat can be salvageable? In other words, if we run into Simri's again, will Simri's be able to fix him? I'm not sure that's an estimation that you could make with any degree of accuracy. However, I mean, if you would rather, for safety's sake... I'm going to turn to a couple of Watani soldiers... And I'm going to say, please do me a favor. Can you take uh, about five uh, folks and try to um, salvage Peter's horse and bring it back to the camp? Okay. After you give directions of where to find it, the small party heads off in that direction. Our two horses are fine at this point, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yours is still on board the airship. Right. And Tira, you left yours back in camp. Yeah. Okay. Tira, back to you. I'm following behind Radiance as she, wasn't she heading back to camp? Yes. Okay. Did I see Bash run past or? Uh, it is twilight. It's dark. Uh, and the and ra- raining. And the clouds aren't helping. A naked American man <laughs> stole my balloons. <laughs> okay, uh, so it would have been difficult to see. I won't, I won't say no. If you can give me a perception check. Probably not. It's a nine. <laughs> okay. You may hear some shouts out there in the direction of the battle, but you think maybe it's just people communicating to each other. All right. As we approach the the encampment, what what am I noticing, if anything? I guess you tell me what's in front of me. I'll tell you if I notice it or not. Sure. <laughs> yeah, like I had described to Bash, mm-hmm. uh, there are lots of white tents. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of activity going on, but... One particular tent seems to have a large cluster of people outside of it. Right. Does that seem to be where Radiance is heading? 
she I think she would be heading more toward the command tent where the Marchioness and King Dunsey had been doing their planning. Maybe she's trying to uh, talk with them a bit. But uh, you're welcome to go with her to that tent or break off to this one. Hmm. Right now, Tyr is... She's not, she's not quite determined and resolute yet. She's just more dazed. Yep, understood. And so... I, I guess I sort of see, okay, there's a big crowd over there, but I'm still, I'm just kind of like autopilot following radiance. Sounds good. Farron, you are standing at the site of the large infantry battle. You were in the thick of it. As one of the veteran captains of the Witani army, your skill, your experience, your aptitude with a blade was very helpful and you were the reason that the inner circle of the Watani army did not falter and instead pressed back against the Reaver's army. You are absolutely fatigued, about to fall over. But your sense of leadership and your iron determination mean that you are right there with your soldiers, helping to shift dead people into places of repose to make sense of the chaos of the field after the battle. And you have been working like this for some time when suddenly there's a cry from behind you and a sound like something small moving. And suddenly a very large firefly, which is unusual for this time of year, begins to flit around your head. What do you do? (laughs) I have no idea how I'm going to react to this thing. I mean, I don't, re- I don't know what to say or just, how just to act. If, this is where you get to start making up how your character, your personality. Are you annoyed by it? Are you intrigued? Are you scared? You know, it, it could be any of anything. However, you want your character to react. Lose yourself. So I'm in the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so I want m- my reaction would probably be to try to hit it out of the way. It comes and it starts to hover around your head. Okay, so at first, my first reaction when I notice it is to swing uh, swing at it to hit it out of the way. But I notice that it's uh, it's not an insect. It's not a creature coming at me. It's something else. And so I stop mid-swing and notice it doesn't keep going past me. It circles Hover. slowly around your head. It actually kind of goes into orbit. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do that to me? <laughs> it, it, it follows kind of an, uh, an irregular pattern, and it just kind of circles very slowly. Once it gets to you, it just describes a very – and it's it, it doesn't follow the same path. It kind of goes maybe diagonal this way, one one circuit, and then more level off, and then another one. It's, it's almost making like an isotope formation around your head with the little – different Mm -hmm. ellipses that it's making. And you notice it's a very beautiful turquoisey blue. But as it comes closer, what color would you like to add to it? So is that going to be a blend of these colors or... No, you won't end up with like a puke brown. <laughs> I know, right? Mental. I was like, mm, color wheel, color wheel. Mmm, mustard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so if my character had a color, um, I think like a deep 
maroonish, purplish, but not brown. Okay. So actually the French word, a French word for brown is marron. I wasn't sure. <laughs> that, that kind of threw me at first. English. Yeah. Maroon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as the stone passes in front of your eyes, you notice that it's starting to warm up at the at the facet edges, where the sharp edges are. The inner light of it is still a turquoise, a deep turquoise color, but towards the outer edges, especially on the sharp edges, it's starting to get a maroonish purple color. And a voice whispers indistinctly in your head, but you feel almost as though a door inside you has suddenly creaked open. Now that it is open, a feeling of knowing that it was always there hits you. And for a long moment, you're standing there staring off into the distance as this stone thing circles your head. And it isn't for some time that you begin to realize that your soldiers have been asking you questions. Ma'am, are you okay? Are you all right? Their voices seem to penetrate through a thick fog, and you realize you've probably been standing here for about three minutes or so. Yes, so I'm just speechless because I'm not quite sure what's happening and what this feeling is. I I feel different, fuller, I guess. Yeah. And I... I'm kind of just like dazed and I look at the soldiers. I look at my, my soldiers and I just, I don't know what to say. I'm looking at them and they're, they're speaking to me, but it's like, I'm, I can't process what they're, yeah. they're one, saying. One of them actually tries to swat at this thing buzzing around your head. And as he reaches for it, your instinct is almost to reach up and grab his hand. Like, don't touch this. Uh, it, it almost feels like it has become a part of you in that three-minute span of time. The voice, at first, so weird to feel inside your head. And again, you still can't quite make out what it's saying. But it feels comforting and familiar all at the same time. Okay, so what do you... <laughs> no, that, that's good, that's good, okay. that's good. <laughs> Womberbash, you are making your way back to the camp. You have all your gear. And uh, what's on your mind? I'm going to head back to the, um, the tent where Peter is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, uh, you know, duck my head under and come in. Um, is anybody else in there? It's a full tent. There is a surgeon who is there ministering to Peter, trying to see if there's anything that can be done, but it's obvious that he is gone. Outside the tent, as you push your way through, and they, they make way for you very easily, but you can see weeping soldiers. And as you stand inside, uh, again, that the warmth, there's a, there's a lantern that's going. There's the, the warm smell of straw in the air. And a few soldiers that are standing in there, almost serving as an honor guard. I'm going to uh, reach down now that I have a place to put it, and I'm going to take the green book, and I'm going to look at it, um, rub my uh, thumbs over the book just to kind of, like, dry it or push the water that had accumulated on it before I, I left, and sort of like wipe off the extra water and um, I'm going to put it in my pack. Okay. Then I'm going to kneel down and I'm going to say, don't worry, Peter will be back. This has happened before. Um, He does this all the time. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This is a little thing he does. He'll he'll be back. Just give it a a day or so and and, and he'll be back. I know it. Hmm. 
Tira. You approach the command tent and find that it is empty. The table is there, the map, all the markers, everything that you remember being there during the planning for the battle, it's all there, but inside there are no people. Radiance looks a little puzzled. Where is everyone? I don't know. I suppose maybe they have gone to find us? Where did Wamberbash go with Peter? I, I, I don't know exactly. I think he was heading back to the camp. Come, follow me. We will find them. And again, with a set to her jaw, she heads right back out into the slackening rain. This is kind of an uh, interesting uh, juxtaposition for Tira, because she's used to being the one that's just like, let's go and, yeah. and, and let's go in here and do this. And right now she's, I mean, it's almost like sleepwalking. Yeah. That's kind of the, the picture in my head. She just, you know, the kind of thing where you're looking, you get to where you're going, you look at a thing and then they say, come over here. And you're like, yeah. you know, your, your, your head travels before your eyes do. And then you get that, go that way, and oh, okay. And you're going that way. And yep. And I see this, uh, you are so completely emotionally drained. On top of watching your close friend get killed right in front of you, you now seem to have proof that your father is also dead. And no telling what that means also. Uh, so Radiance is moving through again. The rain is starting to slacken. And underneath the clouds... There is a reddish tinge as the sun is finally starting to show its face. So now that there's this blood-like, surreal feel to the evening. And she heads out, stops a couple of soldiers, and they point in one direction. And she starts moving quickly in that direction. Come on, Tira. It's over here. What? What is? The place where Peter is. With that, she sort of quickens her step. And her eyes kind of come into focus where they weren't really in focus before, but she's not necessarily... It's just wherever her eyes were when Radiant said that, then she just sort of wakes up a little bit, but her eyes stay in the same place, and she just speeds up a tiny bit. Bash, you're there in the tent when suddenly Radiance ducks under the flap, followed immediately by Tira. And as Radiance sees the scene before her, she drops to her knees very quickly and puts her hands over Peter's hands. Tira, what are you going to do? I stop abruptly once I'm fully inside the tent um, as Radiance goes on ahead of me. And I just have, I catch sight of Peter's body there. It's in the middle of the floor. Yeah. And it's much better lit uh, in this low lamplight. His face does seem to be peaceful. Okay. I'm wondering though, because my first reaction, my first thought was that being able to see him better now, he's got to be a bit of a mess. I mean, mm-hmm. listen, guys, I. When I was getting my stuff ready for today's game, I found Peter's um, character sheet. And it's obviously, it's in the state that Thane left it at when uh, we finished that game. And I mean, the negative numbers in his hit points box, it's just, the, the, hit, the box is full. So he, it was a, that was a really bloody fight. Mm-hmm. So his face may be peaceful, but I'm thinking the rest of him doesn't look too good. Well, the surgeon has been doing some to clean him up. Like a cleanup. He is still quite messy, a mixture of water, mud, and blood. But he has done a a fair job of trying to compose him. All right, well, uh, just this being able to better see him, and he is actually there. He is actually still. 
um, whenever, when he wasn't in front of my face, I was able to be a little bit distracted, I guess. But just catching sign of him inside the tent again, that's how come I just kind of stop abruptly when I get inside the door. And I'm almost afraid to approach any nearer. Yeah. And I almost get the impression that you've dreaded this moment because it will make it final. Yeah. It will make it real. And so as long as he was out in the dark and somewhat hard to to see and see his true state, it was better because there was still that moment of uncertainty. And as long as I was mad. Yes. But now that all that has drained out of you and you're seeing him now, it it does have that final feel to it. Bash? Radiance, uh, Tira, uh, it's good to see you. I, I have... Uh, Peter here, and they've been they've been taking care of him. It'll be okay in a day. Uh, Peter will be back. He'll he'll be back. So uh, we just need to keep him here, and um, we'll we'll put some guards next to him and just keep him safe or whatever. And you'll see everything will be right, fine, just just like Bash. it did before. Bash. I don't think this time is like last time. No, no, it, it will, it will. Uh, no, everything will be fine. No, Bash, listen to me, Radiance. Tell him what you told me. She has been praying again, her mouth moving silently this time. She raises her head and looks at you. Bash, are you squatting next to him? I'm standing up Standing, now. okay. She rises, resting one hand on a leg to help her stand. You can tell she is pained. Womber Bash, I do not know if what you say is true. I hope against hope that that is the case. But if it is not, then we must prepare ourselves for the will of the no, gods. No, no, no. That, that's what's going to happen. If you, you were we there. must prepare ourselves for the will of the gods. You saw it. You, you, you both saw it. He came back last time. I'm going to walk out. I'm actually going to go find something to eat. I don't want to hear this. All right, I'm going to follow him. Bash, stop. I Just need, stop this. I, I'm hungry. I need to get something to eat. I need to have my strength. When Peter gets back, we, we Peter's have, we not have, going to be back. How can you say that? There was a reason last time. So you mean he died for nothing this time? I, I gotta get something to eat. <laughs> <sighs> and on this unsettling note, we will end this episode. Mm. We'll pick up again next time. By the way, I want some kebab, maybe some lamb <laughs> uh, when I find the food eventually. <laughs> Oh, Just oh, putting in a word in game, for next episode. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. been preparing it during the battle. Waiting for <laughs> yeah, the, the, the uh, camp's cook. <laughs> <laughs> you all go fight. I got the, I got yeah. the grill. <laughs> Food's brown, hot, plenty mm-hmm. of it. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> a mushroom casserole, too. I don't mind. There's a side. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Okay, for role-playing, you will each get two experience points. Including Farron, our new character. What? Welcome, Farron. And we will give a brief introduction here. We do have Catherine's character creation episode recorded. We recorded beforehand. And so we will share that once I've got it edited and ready to share. But Catherine, why don't you just give a quick introduction of yourself? Of myself or of the character? Yes. Well, of yourself. What? Uh, you so, have to give us a full autobiography yeah, hey. or anything. Uh, my name is Catherine. I'm married to Michael, who plays Womberbash. And um, that's all they need to know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm pretty crazy like that. 
And um, <laughs> I chose to do this. <laughs> <laughs> this is the life I have chosen. Um, yeah, I'm excited to be a part of the game and uh, hoping that I will do it justice, but I'm pretty nervous about it. So. Hey, you're off to a great start. I've appreciated what you have shared with us of Farron so far. And I think there's a lot of depth there. And we will see more in the coming episodes. So thank you, Catherine. So Meredith, Michael, and Catherine, you each get two for the role-playing. And let's open it up for the Norse battle. I like, uh, I like, I like, I, I know you already gave her some stuff for character, but I think uh, Tira needs a little extra with how she handled the um, the situation, especially mm-hmm. with, uh, with Radiance. I can't <laughs> remember her name, oh my word. Uh, I... I just, I, I appreciate, that is how Tira would react. You yep. know what I mean? Like, yep. I, I think there needs to be a little extra on that. Yeah. Why don't you take another two? Well, in turn, um, I actually, <laughs> right at the end there, I love the best. She's like, I need to get something to eat. Because <laughs> I was like, because he's trying, the, the, see from that I take, he's trying really hard to get back to normal. Like, listen, I'm going to go get something to eat real quick. When I come back, Peter will be fine. <laughs> You know, it's very kind of childlike. Bash is going back to his more innocent. He's like trying to get back to his innocent instincts. I'm going to go get some food, keep my strength up. And, you know, by tomorrow, it's going to be cool. Yep. Go ahead and take another two. (laughs) Any other XP awards? Well, I mean, I think that then Catherine should get a couple extra because this is her very first time at the table and she got ju- she got thrown into the deep end with a couple of super emotional characters and, uh, you know, just sort of taking it all in stride. And- okay, let's make it an even two for everybody. Yeah. Thanks. Sure. All right, we got a recap coming yep. up, I think. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Time to recap. All right, so Tira is 73 points into level nine. Womber Bash is 83 points into level nine. So what does that mean? I am four points into yep. level nine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> <Woo>! yep. <laughs> She's coming up fast, you two. <laughs> <laughs> Look out. <laughs> okay. So thank you for joining us, Stackers, for this first episode of our third season. Season three. And thank you very much, Catherine, for joining us. I've been looking forward to this moment. I hope you will find this an enjoyable game. I hope that you will find it a different game than any you've played before. Uh, I have found that this ongoing story has been much deeper and richer and more fulfilling than any other D&D game I've ever played. And I I know my players agree with me. Mm -hmm. And it's, again, testament to all of us working together to tell the story. So thank you for getting into your characters. Thank you for sharing more about your characters than you've probably ever done with any character before. I've loved every moment of this game because you all are, for lack of a better word, you're enriching it with the depth that you're adding to your characters. And it all helps to give the world a feel of being lived in. So thank you. Stackers, stay tuned. We are now back in our actual play groove. You can find us again on Twitter and Instagram at stackodice and on email at stack.o.dice at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you've been following our story, if you are creating your own world, if you're doing fun things, just hit us up on any of those platforms and we will be happy to talk with you. And we will see you again here next time at Stack of Dice. Actually, I'm going to um, put the book... Actually, I'm naked. 
aren't I? Um, <laughs> yeah, you can't put in anything. I'm going to stick it in my crack and have my butt. <laughs> <laughs> Hold it. No, That's coming you have, out. You have to right walk like, walk yeah. like this. <laughs> um, 